When I agreed to do this, I agreed to open up my whole life to be exposed. I mean, my emails, my phone records, all of my personal belongings. It's such a scary, kind of like, ugh, eerie feeling is that someone is in every aspect of my life right now. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 142 for the week of January 23rd, 2016. Or 17. I am Daily ATM Withdrawal Limit, David T. Cole, and I'm here with undercompensated friend, Sarah D. Bunting. I'm not insured for this, dicks. Son of Abraham Lincoln and Carrot Top, Tara Ariano. Not without my beard oil. And self-published <laughs> autobiography, Monty Ashley. Well, I sold one copy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Nice piece of business. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Extra Hot Great. Um, Despite Dave's inadvertent time machine, it is 2017. Oh, yeah, right. Did you say 2016? Oh, it was a better time. Also, no idea how long he's been doing that, but it is 2017. (laughs) We are not living in the past. What we are doing is recording this week's episode with our returning guest, Monty Ashley. Welcome back, Monty. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. There it is. Um, we are talking about not The Hunted, totally different thing, but Hunted, <laughs> which is the new um, Amazing Race meets the Fugitive reality show, I guess you would call it, from An- Enemy CBS. of the State, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Eagle Eye? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Uh, Monty will be covering that for us on Previously.TV, among his many other duties for us. Um, I, for reasons that don't ask me about them, not because they're embarrassing for once, but because I actually don't know the answer. For reasons I can't really explain, I have given this idea of like what I would do if I had to go on the lam. Mm-hmm. Some thought. And so I was pretty excited to see that they did a that they did a reality show or rather I guess I should say that they took another crack at something that they tried to do in like the in 2001 because there was another lost yep. and that's what that was oh yeah the Conan um, O'Brien one yeah yeah oh yeah I forgot it was Conan yeah. yep anyway I thought it was a cool concept but I also thought in my sort of musings about it like how difficult it would be to do this well just when you have like cameraman racing after you uh who may not be trained in the cop style uh monty were you first of all did you think it was a cool concept and second of all did it live up to or down to your expectations uh like you i like the idea of what would you do if you were on the run how would you survive how would you stay off the grid i don't think they achieved it very well (laughs) as none of these people put any thought into staying off the grid. <laughs> well, here's, here was one of my issues with it, and maybe you, the rest of the panel, can talk a little bit about whether they had the same problem. I don't feel like we were given any um, context for uh, the process part of it. Like, where you know, where can they go? What are they allowed to do? Yeah. Um, how... Um, can they? I think we were told that they can't leave whatever southern catchment area yeah. they're in. But I yeah. just felt like, okay, there's the ATM withdrawal limit, and there's trying to disguise themselves from CCTV. But like, what do the what does the law enforcement team ha- like 
have access to in terms of that? How was this agreed upon with local law enforcement? Who is allowing a friend of theirs to call himself Rifi? That's not <laughs> that's not okay. I just I just felt like I didn't know enough about how the show was built behind the scenes to make it meaningful in front of the camera. Well, Monty touched yeah. on some of this in his first in his post on the first episode, but like a lot of this is preposterous. Like they they CBS, as far as I know does not have the right to tap into like government CCTV cameras. Like they're they It's possible that they've planted some of their own, but like, that's not something they legally are allowed to do. Yeah. Those aren't the real ATM cameras. I'm certain right. those are just the production says you have to stand at an ATM. Mm-hmm. Let us get this footage of you. Then we give you a hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Right. Be- like the, basically it's the, the whole experience of watching the show is just picking apart how very fake it is, particularly since, as Monty also pointed out in his post, we'll talk about the people that were hiding out at the friend's house because as soon as I read it, I was like, oh my God, yes, go ahead. So these guys managed to get to their friend's house and then take a moment to say hello to their baby. And that should be the end of their journey. If you're allowed to get help from your friends, just stay inside you're about to make a quarter of a million dollars. You can make it worth their while to feed you and keep you away from windows, which makes me think there must be a lot of rules we're not being told. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That it's like, if you could just stay there, why wouldn't you? I mean, we'll talk uh, in a little bit about what each of us would do if we were on the show. But the problem is that the production is both much too visible in how it's interfering yeah. and not transparent in how it's interfering. So it's like, I don't care. I'm not invested. I don't think I'm particularly smarter or, you know, than the players. I just don't. Well, like once sure. they're in the house, why would they leave? I'm not sure we're supposed to be rooting for them. Like my yeah. fundamental problem with the show is yep. it really presents the hunters more as the protagonists because they're the cool professional ones, except for the guy in the newsboy cap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and it's like, oh, just figure out where the fucking cameramen are. Right. Yeah. I mean, Game all of it over. is all of it is preposterous. The the thing that the so far from what I can tell, the only thing that they're tracking them with is the ATM. The, the ATM. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing, and the and putting the artificial limit on it is obviously so that they are required to keep using different ones. Duh. But although like, on the show they said it was a didn't it say daily uh, withdrawal limit. They uh, said they said one hundred dollars at a time. Yeah. So why did the guy just like rip out five? transactions if that was actually the case it's probably a hundred dollars a day but they didn't tell us that which is just infuriating yeah and what bank only has a hundred dollars a day limit like none that i know of except for bank of cbs i guess (laughs) yeah um yeah well the other thing is like i mean the other thing the one of a thousand other things (laughs) but like you know we're gonna get to this in a minute but if you were actually going to be on the run, you would just take out as much money as you possibly could yeah. all, at, all at the same time rather than make a path for you. But like Dave also You would have out, the money in a bag. Yeah. Like your go bag would have $1,000 or whatever in it. Yeah. I mean, I know people who live in troubled parts of the world, not saying who, but mm-hmm. they, they keep lots of cash on their house in case they have to like bug out in a second yeah. because shit goes down. My parents. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Dave also pointed out the I guess we should f- switch our <laughs> discussion to the unbelievably dumb couple who were the first. 
<laughs> well, and the unbelievably dumb casting of yes. Lurch. What the fuck? But he's wearing a wig. Now he's a whole different six foot eight guy. <laughs> they had no evidence that anyone was after them. Yeah. So why they would bail on their car when, as far as they knew, their car was still fine. Like if they're from the the region and it seemed like they were, they would know how to avoid like toll roads where there are cameras that are going to be like taking pictures of their license plate and stuff. And then when they got out of their car, they put on their incredibly stupid looking wigs to disguise themselves from whoever was racing after them, even though it only made them a thousand times more conspicuous. <laughs> I mean... The guy's wig, ugh, I can't even get into it. It really looked he like looked a Halloween like, wig from, uh, from a discount store. Um, he looked like one of the gruesomes from uh, Hanna-Barbera. You know, the the kind of the, the goth monster group, the gruesomes from the Flintstones? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they look like. I was going to go with um, Showalter in the Wet Hot American ah. Summer oh, good call. sequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but th- that wasn't even their big mistake because then... No, it wasn't. The only way anyone has to track you as far as we know is the atm cards mm-hmm. they keep showing us traffic cameras i don't think CFP, cbs can actually access those right. nope. yep so if all they know is where you used an atm the one thing you would not do is use an atm in a bus station and yeah. then buy tickets at that bus station <clears throat> and then my next question or was do that and then leave yeah right buy the cheapest possible ticket Put throw it in the garbage and split. Yeah, leave Ugh. or use an ATM along the way. Yeah, I mean, besides the whole bus thing, the thing that Tarf didn't say is that they said the distance travel time between where they were and were thinking about ditching the car and their final destination in Atlanta was forty minutes. Yeah, and they they know I mean, they had that's a- Atlanta. That could be two miles. <laughs> Seriously, nice. traffic's say. fucking terrible. But yeah, I, I take your point. Yeah. What what this show needed to do is get off CBS, get on like some real fourth tier cable channel, like the military channel or something mm-hmm. like that. Been a show where it's just dudes with GoPros on their heads and they mm. do that footage later. Yeah. There's no cameraman yes. following them around because that like, duh, like if you're the one of the hunters, just like, oh, there's a cameraman. I, I bet they're around here somewhere, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, but that would have been more of a compelling show if it was just like real pov first person and they're alone and they're doing these things like i guess it would be sort of more towards a prepper show you know like more like crazy like you know paramilitary (laughs) or but you would wait you would wait until the end and see how everybody did and then assemble the footage and see what you have versus like trying to fit it into this amazing race mold which Mm. at least the amazing race was able to sort of change it up on the fly once it became much more restrictive to fly and you couldn't just like show up with your envelope of cash at an airport <laughs> right yeah that they just sort of like took that out of the equation which did sort of make the show a little bit but also duller, like, but you know i get that you know there was an erasing uh, erasing an amazing race mold involved somewhere <laughs> in the creation of this but this show is like the not so amazing stick around one spot for a while you know what yeah. I mean like there's no actual <laughs> yeah. inherent race in the concept of this show like this show is about laying low yeah. and not being seen and the drama they produce out of that is so manufactured and mm-hmm. fake yep. that the whole enterprise is just sort of laughable and the only good thing to come out of the show is like judging how stupid <laughs> some of these contestants are yeah. one 
And two, just thinking about how you would get off the grid. Then let's talk about that well, because hang the show on, itself hang on. is dumb. I wanted to say one quick thing about the hunters. Yeah. They're cheating. I don't buy that calendar for one second. Yeah. That was that was that was hundred percent planted. Yeah. So the other the other big mistake that the show presented in the pilot was that another team was writing down all their like possible destinations where they can go to a friend's house or relatives or whatever. And uh, the show takes place in June and they had written down all their destinations on the June paper desk calendar and then ripped off June. And then they picked the, you know, did the whole pencil over the, you know, the etching <laughs> trick and then they discovered where they were staying. And so Monty, sure you did. say that didn't, that, that wasn't the case. I, I am very skeptical of anybody using a trick that I saw in my Hardy Boys Junior Detective <laughs> handbook. Honestly. <laughs> and that they got just enough information. Like, they were able to shade it and see exactly the street they're going to, but no street address. Yeah. yeah. That really felt like Storage Wars level producers <laughs> helping them. Because we're supposed we're set up to think that these hunters are the best of the best. And... You know, they tell us this lady worked for the White House and this guy was a Navy SEAL. And one of them, by the way, is Mike Cole, who's an author. And I don't know why he's on this show, but it was <laughs> neat to see him there. But when we see the guys actually at work, they were just taking pictures of trash and spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Italy. Okay. <laughs> Look, they're just investigating all the possibilities. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're awful. Uh, Got to make your own fun with this show. That's the problem. <laughs> First of all, going off the grid is a terribly frightening, uh, you know, concept notion to me because uh, I like computers and comforts and heating and stuff. But uh like, I got to believe if, uh, on this show and, you know, everybody's totally right. There's obviously rules we're not being told about to keep people in the mix, because frankly, if you knew you could withdraw $500 in a day, you just take that money, buy yourself, uh, you know, a camping stove and a go to Costco suit. and yeah, get yourself some sleeping bags, a tent and like a few cases of ramen noodles. Just hide out in the woods. You know, once you get to the woods, you just crawl in, hike in far enough, you're done. Game over. Yeah. Like they don't have infrared yeah, it's, it's the helicopters flying around or anything. So it's the same time span as naked and afraid. And you're not even out in the yeah. outback. You're just in the woods. Yeah. Not very compelling. So anyways, I've said my piece. Uh, there's no way I'm going to pick up the show from here on. Uh, <laughs> I, I have more fun thinking about how I would go off the grid than actually watching this manufactured thing happen you guys well, well so leave... how would you do it how would Given, i go like... off the grid like for yeah. this show or for real for real where you live now oh jesus the uh, pulse comes not that hard i do? would just wait for the next windstorm and then all the power goes out <laughs> and i just walk over the mountain i guess and die <laughs> i mean that's my plan we're pretty jesus. rural here. well i'm not watching that show either that's <laughs> yeah, good television um yeah i think that uh i would just take out all the money I have, liquidate what I have, as much cash as I can have, and 
if I could think ahead, you know, put it in some geocaches here and there. So, you know, once I get mugged, that's not it. Uh, cause I will get mugs. I don't know how to defend myself, uh, or start a fire or even pitch a tent. So, uh, my bug out plan is probably similar to Tara's apocalypse plan, which is suicide, ex- suicide after a day or two. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I can handle this. And I'm like, uh, I guys, I, 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 I got soup mixed, but I forgot to get fresh water. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? How would you do it? Um, okay. Well, <clears throat> uh, first of all, I'm lucky enough to be 5'10 and demonstrably not vain about my hair. So the thing is that like they'll they'll look for a tall woman, but a 5'10 dude is just like right down the fairway. They're not looking for that guy. Mm-hmm. Cut your hair off, get a knit cap, buy a jar of peanut butter, put your phone in someone else's bag so they're throwing off the scent. Mm-hmm. That part's easy. So yeah. now you're, whatever, Douglas Bunting. <laughs> I also live near a giant cemetery that goes back almost two centuries and has underground catacombs. That's it. Like, break into one, shoo the raccoons out, go underground, and wait them out. Quarter million dollars, easy as a haircut. And if that doesn't work, like, if they don't, like go and sit on my parents' house like I'd be that much of an idiot to go to Jersey and be like, Dad, can I borrow the car on this open line? I mean, <laughs> depending on how it depends on what the goal is. Like if you have an end if you have an end date where you just have to get to a certain time and not be found, then I wouldn't bother with the I wouldn't bother changing genders yeah. or being fluid about that. But if I have actually have to like go somewhere else and become someone else it's i mean i just don't think it's that difficult to do if you have a little lead time and enough cash you just go somewhere where it's not too terrible to sleep outside for a little while yeah you find some job you can do that's manual labor which i have done i'm a third generation girl scout i can i'll do okay like if i'm dropped into the middle of the woods and have to hunt for food, then we have a problem. But just like, but if you have to sell cookies to deer, you're all set. Exactly. <laughs> and if you have enough cookies, you'll be okay. They That's true. That's fruit. a universal truth. <laughs> what about you, Monty? What's your plan? Uh, well, I live in Seattle, which has a lot of homeless people. In fact, there is a homeless jungle in my neighborhood. And if I only have to put up with 28 days, my plan is to get some cash. Go to Target, buy generic clothes and a razor with cash, shave my head, put on those generic clothes, go back into the Target, get a tent, then go to the bus station. Like Sarah said, what you want to do is buy a ticket for somewhere else and stick your phone in someone else's bag so everybody's thrown off the scent. I would also give somebody who's going to a different city that ATM card they gave me. And I'd say, you can get $100 at a time, up to $400. Please do that as far from here as possible. (laughs) that's going to drag them pretty far from my location. Then I'm just going to go take my tent to the local homeless jungle and put up with it for a month, basically four blocks from my house. (laughs) It's not going to be good television, but (laughs) I'm going to have $250,000. Yeah, no, mine either. I'm going to be living in a crypt. Yeah, that is the crux of the problem of this show, though, that any good strategy is terrible television. Tara, what's your... 
Oh, I wouldn't try to go on this show because it doesn't seem fun. <laughs> also, the, the rules, again, it's it would be impossible for me to say how I would succeed on this show because the rules are completely obscure. One thing that I forgot to say before with the stupid wig couple was, of course, the, the, the first thing that they do after they find out that they bought, they took money out at the bus station is go to the bus station, ask, hey, did you see any weirdos in wigs buying <laughs> tickets? And they're like, yup, because they're very memorable. So then they they just drive to the bus station in Atlanta and like wait. But I, what I don't understand is they are all like, okay, keep your distance. Like, why? Why doesn't one of the hunters just stand at the bottom of the bus stairs and be like, hi? Like, yeah, yeah tag, where are they going to do? Out. Live on the bus yeah. for twenty eight days? No, like. It's so stupid. Anyway, I wonder if there was a better version of this show at some point, And then someone said, are we allowed to make a show that's a tutorial for escaping the police? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, well, which is probably why they were fluffing the law enforcement aspect. So like so hard that I did yeah. have a note that was like, oh, so it's also a PR vid for law enforcement yeah. techniques right. that are actually intrusive and yeah. a violation of our civil it's, liberties. It's like cool. Michael Bay making a movie, you know, the army's <laughs> like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I, I won't. Social I won't, hygiene film. I'll spare everybody my rant about <laughs> this love letter to the surveillance state because <laughs> that's also a gross aspect of it, too. And probably the main reason that I would not keep watching. But in terms of going off the grid in actuality, I mean, if I ever did something that was so bad that I was about to get arrested. I mean, you know, we already said I would just kill myself. <laughs> That's my answer to everything. That's your solution to everything. Hey, you'll never take me alive, coppers. Tell me it doesn't work. It does. I don't know. You haven't made good on that promise yet. Nothing that bad has happened yet, but the week is young. All right. Any other closing thoughts on Hunted before we move on? I hate their tagline. Your time on the run is over. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. What is that? Come on, guys. Although I like that guy's name who delivers it. Shadow Bilal. Yes, Shadow Bilal <laughs> yeah. is a great name. Yeah. For sure. They might have called it the run while they were making it. Oh, yeah. Because it yeah. starts with somebody yelling, you're on the run. And then yeah. your time on the run is over. Yep. <laughs> on to actual crime that we enjoy. It's The Blotter Presents. Uh, We had a double shot of, I thought, very compelling true crime this week. Um, Both aired this past Monday. The first was Beware the Slender Man, which was HBO's documentary about the two tween girls who lured their uh, third friend onto a playground and uh, tried to kill her as some sort of sacrifice or proving ground, proving exercise for uh, this fictional character whose web they got drawn into uh online my esteemed colleague tara and i discussed this on previously.tv and you can read that discussion there but i still haven't decided whether uh the documentary whether i enjoyed it because it was well made or because the subject is just so fascinating tara did you ever sort of figure out where you came down on that yeah i mean both i think i I like the way it i would have liked a little more detail on the slender man backstory because that part say, of it is, is so crazy is there a and too weird? long didn't read version of that because I, I i know the name but i didn't know anything about it it was it's basically like the the users at something awful were like let's make up an urban legend uh, okay. and it was this and it's sort of like a you know they they lay out some of it in the documentary sarah would you say that it's sort of like a, you know he's a spooky looking character he has supernatural abilities like sometimes his arms are tentacles and stuff but it's basically like kind of a pied piper story at its yeah. core and the mythology is that he takes children away 
but then like since the last time I read anything about it, which was like in the late, you know, aughts, there's also this whole other thing, which these girls who committed this murder, they basically they were trying to impress the Slender Man and they they tried. They didn't kill her. They attempted to they stabbed a friend of theirs um, to impress Slender Man and get him to take them to Slender Mansion in Nicolette National Forest. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're they're teenagers, guys. <laughs> they're obviously troubled. It's not. It's a, it's a little. It's a Batman level devotion to. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean. Yeah, the movie does actually, I think, a very good job of setting up why, like, you can understand why um, sort of they they got sucked into this um, Slender Man and sort of the, like, fan art parts of it mm-hmm. are, uh, like, he is really cool looking and he does yeah. bear resemblance to certain, like, um, Jack Skellington, I think, they put a graphic of he looks a little like that. Yeah. Sometimes he looks benign. Sometimes he looks really creepy. Usually it's both. I thought the movie did a really good job of setting up how this might have happened because there's certain like culty things like, for example, Scientology that you're like, who would even, why? Like just the lingo is so smurfy that you're like, who would be sucked in by that? Um, And the movie also tries to get into a little bit um, about the social benefits of belief and I thought that part of it was a little less successful just based on the people that they chose to interview. It seemed to, to fall apart a little at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But overall, I would definitely recommend it. It will be on HBO Go, and I would definitely check it out. Um, and this was one of the rare cases that SVU adapted and sort of melded with Cropsy um, that I thought they actually did a pretty good job with it. Mm-hmm. So. That is also available to read about on Previously.tv. Your main takeaway from Beware the Slender Man, Wisconsin is a really fucked up and dangerous place. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing that I didn't realize until last night and Mark Lazanti tweeted about it was that also last night on television, yes! The Bachelor went to Waukesha, Wisconsin, too. Oh, <laughs> no. Same town. So between that, making a murderer, Paul Ryan, it's just, just be careful out there, cheeseheads. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Uh, the other documentary is called The Witness. It aired on Independent Lens uh, on Monday, but it's been out since 2015 and it's available on Netflix. It's about Kitty Genovese's brother trying to figure out what really happened uh, the night she was murdered. Uh, in case you're not tacky like me and you don't use Kitty Genovese as a verb <laughs> to just shorthand. The bystander effect, this was like the origin of the bystander effect. Uh, Genevieve was murdered one March night in 1964, and allegedly, according to the New York Times article about it, 38 witnesses saw and heard two different attacks and did nothing. Doesn't turn out that that was the case, but so Bill is like investigating, going back through police files and interviewing witnesses and trying to figure out what happened, but there's also his personal story and how her death at he was i think 16 um affected his life uh, i won't give away how but it's pretty clear from early on and he brings that in really well and this is one of the rare documentaries where they do a really good job making the act of investigating and like googling things interesting to mm-hmm. watch so check that out on netflix if you have the time cool.
It is time for us to go around the dial. Tara Ariano starts our journey. Our journey. journey. Um, I'll just give a brief (laughs) plug for a new, they call it late night, but it's on at 1030 Eastern, uh, uh, comedy sketch current events show called Throwing Shade. It's on TV land, um, continuing its push into original comedy. Uh, It's based on the long running podcast of I think it started in 2011, um, hosted by Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi, who are a lady and a gay guy. So already it's very different from every other late night show that does topical humor, (laughs) um, which is cool because it gives, you know, a different perspective that you don't often see um, in, you know, obviously this is like second slash third tier cable, but still it's like fairly mainstream. Um, and the fact that they, you know, premiered last week, the week of the inauguration is like, unfortunately, timely, but they will have a lot of stuff to chew over from their specific perspectives. Yes. What was the name of the show that they were on a current that we used to watch? Infomania. Yes. Infomania. Thank you. I wrote I mentioned that in my new show fact sheet. They each had segments on Infomania, which is formerly on current TV. The same show that brought us Target Women with Sarah Haskins, which was the big viral hit and the only reason anyone ever heard of that show if they did. Um, but Aaron Gibson took over the the woman's segment after Sarah Haskins left to become a TV writer. And anyway, it's it's you know it's hard to give a huge review of it based on the evidence of one half hour, but it's strong. Um, it was it's I actually like how tight it was compared to the podcast, which I sometimes find a little bit loosey goosey um, in terms of accuracy. Not that they present themselves as political commentators, but still, if you're going to be talking about politics, you should get shit right. And I know I'm the last person to say that because we make mistakes all the time, particularly me. But the TV uh, format gives them a lot more opportunity, obviously, to be buttoned up with that stuff. So um, check it out. It was the first one was fun. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> split my plugs. First, I'm just going to mention one more time because I think I've gotten more tweets from people thanking me for telling them to watch it than anything else I've ever recommended before. So Netflix is one day at a time. It really is good, even if you don't think it's your thing. Like people just I've I, uh, there hardly a day has gone by since I've mentioned it on the podcast that people haven't someone hasn't tweeted me to say thank you and how much they loved it and stuff. So you know, even if you think it's it's way outside what you would normally like, and even if you find the first few episodes very corny, stick with it. It really pays off, particularly in the finale. Yes? How many episodes should they watch? How should they parcel it out? <laughs> you can watch them one day at a time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And for a personal personal plug, I will be covering Nashville this week for our dear John while he is at Slamdance. So um, look out for that on Thursday night. Monty, what do you got? I am here to tell everybody that Face Off is back. Face Off. Face Off. I love Face Off very much. It is a show about putting rubber monster makeup on people. (laughs) And it has, I think, the nicest competitors of any reality show in that if something goes wrong on Project Runway, what's that's followed by is a lot of clips of people looking over and snickering and maybe an interview where someone says, yeah, I knew she was going to screw that up. <laughs> but on Face Off, if something goes bad, <laughs> everybody rushes over to help. There, are, This airs on... Uh, this podcast airs on Wednesday, so I can talk about the pilot episode or premiere episode, which airs tonight as we record this, Tuesday, there are two different times. One time where a mannequin falls down and squashes three hours of careful chest sculpting work. And another time when somebody has trouble opening a mold, which happens on every episode. And both of those 
You see it happen, and then you see six people from different teams all rushing over to help open it. it it's great. Now, I will say, this All-Star season is a team season, mm. which worked out very uh. poorly on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think it's going to work out better here because so many of the teams are people who already know and like each other. And also, they're doing a crazy thing where eliminations are only happening every other week. Oh, okay. So one week, somebody wins and will have immunity. And then the next week, they have an elimination based on two weeks worth of work. So there's no point at which one bad job sends you home. Yeah, that's ah. good. Mm, smart. I, uh, I also think that Face Off has some of the best judges of reality shows. Yes. I think they're, like, they're, they're very knowledgeable. They're not there because uh, they are just a famous face. You know, um, They're all in the industry. Uh, the one thing about the teams thing I'll say though is that do you remember Jim Henson's creature challenge? I that do. Was yeah, he a covered very... it. <laughs> well, okay, that was I was speaking to the audience. Oh, but, I see. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, but that guys. was very uh-huh. team oriented. A lot of the challenges, you know, involved a bunch of people together, and I felt like that really hurt the show. So I'm interested to see if Face Off, which I'm sure is very aware of the pitfalls of the Jim Henson show, yep. is going to fix that. So yeah, that's interesting. Uh we should also say Ray Face Off. Um because of moving our the our records to Tuesdays, we can't have Liv's face off reports anymore. <gasps> because she's old now. Also because she's, she's old. She's not cute anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, she's going to be nine this year. Oh, she's so... getting her driver's license. She started drinking. She, Get her she, has walker. she has a sister, doesn't she? This is what you do for a TV thing. You just rotate to the next cutest kid. No. They don't. They, yeah. She's she's too little for that. Anyway, right. but I can report uh, in a preview of the next episode that if you enjoyed Liv's face-off reports with her mother, my sister Leah, Leah will be our guest next week um, to, oh. on the main podcast to talk about Riverdale and a lot of other stuff, so... That just a mini announcement there in the middle of Monty's comment. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. Face Off is back. Love it. Everybody should watch it. Uh, for my plugs, I will be covering, it says here, Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, Heard of it. And also <laughs> Hunted and also Arrow and also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. on Previously Taught TV. So show up on Wednesdays and Thursdays and you'll get plenty of Monty. And yeah. if you want even more Monty... I have just launched my own podcast. It's called The Villain Edit. And in it, Great I... Great name. Thank you. Great I'm, name. I'm very mad that somebody already had Not Here to Make Friends. Yeah, uh, of course. But The Villain Edit is better. Yeah. It's less of a cliche. Uh, <laughs> in it, uh, my girlfriend, Rias, and I will talk about the terrible reality shows we watch and the good reality shows we watch. Uh, this most recent episode, we go in-depth on Mythbusters The Search, which is... A reality show to find the next Mythbuster host, which will never host the new Mythbusters. No. <laughs> and where can they find this? Uh, they can find it on iTunes or go to theincomparable.com or follow me at Villain Edit. Sarah D. Bunting. Speaking of villains, um, Law and Order SVU, here's what. Just air the fucking Trump episode. <laughs> Grow a pair. Air it. Okay? For, for two reasons. First of all, uh, Trump may... Have a goddamn meltdown on Twitter, give himself a rage stroke, and perish. Lumberg 2020. But even if that doesn't happen, Dick Wolf controls literally 72.5% of the NBC <laughs> primetime schedule. Like, he made it out at TCA's last week. Like, he's like, I don't know. I don't control that. Like, you could. It's, I'm really sick of watching the Vichy Network 
bow to Trump and they could start by airing the Trump episode, I am not a crackpot. So. Uh, my plug is that I will be appearing on Pop Culture Happy Hour uh, yeah. this week to discuss nice. Riverdale and teen soaps. And uh, for those of you upcoming Riverdale super fans, we'll also be discussing that on this very podcast next week. So if you like Buncey and you like Riverdale, you'll tolerate Pop Culture Happy Hour. <laughs> Why is this man smiling? <laughs> is it because he's celebrating his wife's birthday with a bottle of wine? <laughs> or is it because the wine is authentically French? <laughs> or because the pleasure of sharing such good wine cost him well under three pounds? Or is it because this is not his wife? You <laughs> <laughs> would spoil it. All right, everybody, it's time for the canon. Monty, take it away. Uh, I've got a good record of canon submissions. I'm 5-0, and oh, I think. But that might change today because I'm bringing a show really for no better reason than that I like it very much. <laughs> Which, that's what happens. It's season, four, it's season four, episode two, no matter what Hulu will tell you, of home <laughs> movies, Bye Bye Greasy. And it's got some interesting similarities to another episode I su- submitted, Topsy, from Bob's Burgers, and that they're both animated shows produced by Lauren Bouchard that end in a big musical number. I didn't realize that until I watched this one thought, (laughs) oh yeah, this is a lot of the same actors and kind of the same plot, but there are some differences. Uh, Bye Bye Greasy stands at an interesting point in the home movies run. It's in the fourth season, which means things have developed more. The show has developed into the best version of itself. The lead character, Brendan Small, played by Brendan Small, has developed some regular antagonist to go along with his usual Kermit-like struggle to impose order on his chaotic friends as he tries to make little movies. What makes Bye Bye Greasy canon-worthy in the home movies universe is that it raises the stakes. We've mostly seen Brendan making these little, it looks like probably four or five minute movies that nobody ever sees. Now he has to direct a play with a bunch of people, not just his two friends, and people are actually going to watch it. And the casting problems he faces can be best shown by the fact that this is a school where Walter and Perry, the two most annoying characters in the world, are both good enough to cast. (laughs) So just imagine what the rest of the auditions were like, where Walter, Perry, and Junior Adelsberg are the people in the show. Uh, Brendan spends the entire episode running from catastrophe to catastrophe, all on the surface of putting on a show that seems like a good version of it might actually exist. The problems start right away as all of the best antagonists from the show's run come together, starting with Sam Cedar as Fenton Muley, who sometime, somehow believes that Brendan is his best friend. Would you please play clip number one? Uh, Brendan's Fenton Muley auditioning for the role of Maloney. Right. Hey, hey, best friend, Brendan. Hi. I'm play- I can I can play Maloney. No, listen, Fenton. I'm playing Maloney. But let me ask you this: How would you like to be in charge of the lights? The lights? You mean all the lights? Everything, Fenton. Controlling the lights, Brendan. That's my dream. That's like playing God. All right. What? The lights will be on. Oh, no, leave on. them. Leave them on. Oh, no, leave on. them on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing in that is H. John Benjamin's uh, Jason just saying, what? (laughs) Um, He's played by Sam Cedar, 
And he's also the health inspector Hugo on Bob's Burgers, which is kind of a remix of home movies. There are certain things Lauren Bouchard likes, and they include Sam Cedar shrieking at people. <laughs> they also include Ron Lynch, who on Bob's Burgers plays Hugo's low-key partner, Ron. Here he plays Mr. Lynch, because Ron Lynch is great, but he might not have that big, big of a range. <laughs> uh, Mr. Lynch is more trouble because he is the officious teacher that comes in to cause trouble. And my favorite bully character in the history of television, Shannon, who surprises Brendan in his bedroom when he tries to have a board meeting of his stuffed animals for some reason. Clip, <laughs> Clip two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Bing Bonk. Hello, Charlie number two. Hello, Pinky. <laughs> Good to see everyone. Everyone's in order. Let's have a meeting. Okay. Hi, Brendan. Ah! What are you doing in my room? What, get out of here. Well, your window is open, my friend. I don't care if my window is open. That doesn't mean you can come into my house. Shannon. It does mean I could come into your house. You should have thought of that. <laughs> Very few shows would have the pure AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! required to cast weirdo stand-up comic Emo <laughs> Phillips yep. as a bully. But it works. Yep. His ethereal disinterest in whatever he's saying somehow translates to an air of menace when he's talking to somebody as weak and ineffectual as Brendan. I would watch an entire show of just Shannon and Mr. Lynch playing <laughs> off each other. <laughs> It's like the kid you meet in high school that likes to play with lighters, and he's like yeah. totally oblivious to the fact he's just turning the lighter off and on. It's like that kind of menace. <laughs> uh, please play clip three. Brendan. Uh, Mr. Lynch. Just stop by to see how things are going. Okay, well, things are going smoothly. Thank you. You may move along if you like. Oh, Shannon, that's... Nice to see you participating in a wholesome extracurricular activity here. Up yours, Padre. Well, Shannon, um, what was that? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I was just in character. That's part of the play? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, it's, it's let part me, of the play. Let me get out of character. Okay, go stuff yourself, Flatfoot. Okay, that wasn't part of the play. No. <laughs> okay, well, that's insubordination. Duh. <laughs> I am such flat a fan. Foot. Flatfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Uh, 
when I presented Topsy for the canon, I said that one of the things that made it great was how plausible it seemed that the science fair show came out okay. I'm going to go the other way on this one because I think it's great that Brendan's production is terrible. It really, to me, feels like what would happen if you took the smart kid and said, eh, he can direct the play, and then just left him alone for however long it took him to get into this much trouble. Uh, when the show starts, the backdrops are still being painted. People don't know their lines. There are cast problems because Shannon has somehow got himself suspended. Uh, Mr. Or Coach McGurk is supposed to drive his car onto stage, and that doesn't work very well. <laughs> The whole play is a huge mess, occasionally interrupted by Melissa freaking out about being allergic to kiwi, which I respect her commitment to having a subplot, and I respect everybody else for not caring at all about it. (laughs) The show eventually ends on what seems to be a triumphant note that's immediately undercut. Clip four, please. Me alone and a lover. Uh, Brendan. Yeah, 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 what? There's like five scenes left in this play. <laughs> there are? Yeah. Oh, man. Sort of breaks the flow of a play when all the actors bow and say goodnight. You know, let's let, them, let, let's let it just be finished. All right. See your point. Yeah. Bye Bye Greasy takes all of the elements of home movies and turns up the volume to create what I think is the most home movies episode in spite of the fact that there's no actual movie making in it i think it's a great show i think it's an episode i like very much and i humbly submit it to you for the canon who wants to go first i am going first um tara and dave talk about home movies all the time but for whatever reason i just haven't gotten around to watching it um hashtag ptv <laughs> uh i laughed through this entire episode um that everything about it is really smart and it, it's ear for when the joke is done or not done is really perfect. Like there's that sort of like even the throwaway stuff where his mom is asking if he's okay. And he's like, no, yes. Nah, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And then the, even the exchange in the beginning with the coach, who's just like, what, why are you not hearing me when I'm telling you that I don't want to do this? We're not having this conversation anymore. I mean, I don't know. And then the animation is the the kind of primitive that still sort of gives you a sense of the characters. Like just that Brendan's hair is like this horizontal blue jay looking shock of <laughs> orange. I don't know. It was really an enjoyable thing to prepare for the canon. I was super excited uh, to see the show and also to see the show completely collapse. Um, casting changes in the middle like there's one scene I mean you can't really clip it but there's that one character who just completely freezes up and has to be like hauled off the stage on the piece of the set that she's sitting on it was just really funny excellent uh, excellent entry I don't know where this goes in the like constellation of home movies like whether this is the best of the best but I assume that Tara and Dave will address that Tara um, yeah, I just wanted to one comment about Sam Cedar is he's also a political commentator on MSNBC, which I've started watching a lot lately for reasons. <laughs> and hearing um, Hugo's voice come out of his 
MSNBC is like very <laughs> surreal because it's just his voice. That's just his, how he talks. That's not like his animated character voice. So anyway, that's just a side note. Also, um, what I like about the show and what I think is on very good display in this episode is that it shows it, uh, obviously it's heightened for comedic effect, but this is how kids act. And that's most encapsulated with like, you know, creative weirdo kids and like with, but with Melissa's obsession with her allergy, that she's having this conversation with herself about how she could die and like no one cares. But like we all knew that kid who was allergic to something and like was a complete drama queen about it. I just love, I, lo- I love how that's portrayed on the show and that Brendan has such a singular belief in his own uh genius and his process and his vision is uh is you know one of the things that drives the show obviously it's the reason that they're making movies all the time in in other episodes and so to see this transplanted and have to have him have to open his normal casting process to like all the other freaks in his life it's just (laughs) it's like it takes what's good about the show and just gives it like a larger canvas really and so this is a really fun one to watch again so many things to go wrong and all of them do (laughs) and uh very well presented good job dave uh sarah if you like this one i have two recommendations for you for other episodes to watch that are sort of uh have the same flow to it same big numbers uh first one's called director's cut and this is the one where the kids put on a frank kafka musical uh, based on metamorphosis franz kafka what I say? Frank. Frank. Good old Frankie, Frankie K. Mm-hmm. His metamorph. Yep. Uh, featuring the lyrics, uh, care, uh, be careful if you get him pissed, he'll smite you with metaphor fists. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really crazy. It's really fun. The other one is History, which is uh, people would know it because it's the one with Starboy and the Captain of Outer Space, sure. where they're making this crazy sort of uh villain epic with uh and they do, don't get like one historical fact correct with evil george washington picasso <laughs> and annie oakley are the villains and starboy and the captain of outer space are the heroes jason as a uh, picasso with one of his ears cut off that he mailed to a female friend later in life <laughs> and a lot of stuff like that but the songs in uh starboy and captain uh, of outer space are great yep. in particular there's one called the compliment song which is yes. how <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. But if you've seen it, you know, I'll it. send you the, I'll send you the links there. It's really funny. Okay, it's it's cool. super cute. It's very funny. Uh, they're much bigger episodes than bye bye greasy. I think bye bye greasy is, you know, definitely more uh, grounded uh, than those other two. Um, even though it comes later in the series, I think than both of them definitely later than director's cut. Um, but this show generally i feel like it still flies under the radar like given how big bob's burgers became i feel like the show still doesn't have the audience that it you know deserved at the time or kind of even just deserves by halo effect yeah um because it is a really funny show and it's sort of like you know people uh praise bob's burgers for their portrayal of you know teen angst and you know the trials and tribulations of you know being in school at that age um and this show i feel like does a really good job in the same way but sort of almost in a more understated real way a lot of the times than bob's burgers you know like it can be a show that is very zany but also a show that can turn a corner and be very subdued but still be very true to life while still being, you know, funny and cute. 
And uh, I, I always just kind of like to talk this show up because I feel like it's sort of like Clone High. You know, it felt it, it, it just there's so much talent involved and there's so many good things to recommend it, but still nobody watches it. Yeah. Um, and this episode, I think, is a pretty good uh, first episode to watch. Uh, you know, beyond the fact, as Monty says, there's actually no home movies in this episode of home movies, but you know, it doesn't really matter. The play is the home movie substitute mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And um, the thing that really, for some reason, that cracked me up on this watching was uh, Brendan's mom uh, still painting, converting her winter play backdrop <laughs> into a summer backdrop. As the whole play is going on, she's continuously trying to convert snowmen into shrubs <laughs> and stuff in the background. Um, so it's it's not as den- densely packed as as say uh, Bob's Burgers on a you know uh, JPM measure, but I I just feel like this feels a little realer than Bob's Burgers, yeah. And it is Parks and Rec to Bob's Burgers Thirty Rock, I guess. So if you kind of like that much heart in your shows. I think you would enjoy home movies. And in particular, this, this episode is, is, uh, is, is a good starting point. So I say good choice. Um, I will say that I do like those other two episodes I mentioned more, but that's not a knock on this episode. But if you do end up watching Bye Bye Greasy and you like what you see, you know, and if you don't feel like watching from the very start, give Director's Cut and History a stab. That's my recommendation. So I, with that, let's put it to a vote. Sarah D. Bunting. Uh, that's a yes for me. Tara C. Ariano. For me as well. And I am going to say yes as well. Hooray! That means Home Movies Season 4, Episode 2, says Monty, not Episode 4. Bye-bye, Greasy. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Canon. Americans love a winner. Yup! And will not tolerate a loser. No. Nope. It is time for the winner and the loser of the week. Tar has her winner. Winner is past uh, lead topic of this podcast. This is us, which has been renewed for not one but two seasons. Not really a surprise. Wow. I mean, not a surprise. I got renewed. That they're they're betting on it for two seasons is is big. Is I it mean, a thirteen episode show? I what? am not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Okay. Um. Maybe. Uh. Still, the you know the question is: Is there that much flashback from these characters' lives yet to mine? Maybe future episodes will just keep flashing back to them more so as teenagers than as littler kids or whatever. Back to them as babies. I suppose they have options, but um, you know, as we learned with Lost, it's it's tough when you have kid characters. <laughs> to keep telling a story that proceeds on our chronological timeline and they keep getting taller. Walt! Um, but anyway, <laughs> This Is Us is uh, it's a good show. Congratulations to everyone who makes it uh, and you will get lots more of it over the next two years. And Loser of the Week? Uh, loser of the Week, again, is Nicola Cheridan. Uh, remember how she was trying to sue Mark Cherry for basically writing her off Desperate Housewives? <laughs> remember how that already got thrown out of court like twice? Well, <laughs> I Sweetie. mean... I admire your stick to itiveness, but maybe just fucking take an acting lesson and go on, go on auditions, because this isn't working. You're not going to win. Anyway, the suit got thrown out again, and I'm sure it'll be back in a couple of months. At which time I will report on it again. Speaking about things that are back, do you know what time it is? <laughs> back time. Close. It's game time. Oh. <laughs> 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Time. This is the fifth Game Time of this season. Our current standings are Sarah 2, Tara 2, and Value Guest still looking to get on the board. Uh, Dave, before you introduce this week's game, can I ask a Steel Meal status question? Yes. What is the status of the Steel Meals right now? <laughs> Tara Ariano. Uh, I believe they are both still in play. I don't think anyone has used them yet. Both being Sarah has one and Value Guests have one? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, cool. I thought it was Valued Guest only. Didn't you win one with when you won the tiebreaker last week? Let's just say you did. Move sure. On. Today sure. we are playing just one letter from Corey Hinderstein, who earns himself an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great midi topic of his choosing. In just one letter, shows have been transformed due to a one-letter change to existing TV show titles. Oh I am going to read you the log line of this newly formed TV show, and you <laughs> give me the title of this show for two points. If you need a hint, I'll give you the original show, after which the answer is worth one point. Need an example? Yes. Yes. Here we go. Here is the log line for a changed TV show by one letter. Oh boy, after a science experiment goes awry, Sam is sent through time to correct history one moment at a time every time he jumps into a pile of leaves. Quantum leaf? <laughs> quantum leaf works, also quantum heap. Ah! Oh! <laughs> you get it? Yep. All I right, do. let's throw it to Picky to see our order. We will start with Sarah. All right, we're going to go Sarah, Tara, Monty. Here we go. Sarah D. Bunting. Two cousins in Georgia don't mean no harm, though they are stockpiling weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) (laughs) I love this game already. Nukes of hazard. Nukes of hazard. Good for two points. Tara Ariano. Yeah. Teenage girl lives a secret life trafficking blood-sucking beings for profit. Uh, Teenage girl lives a secret life yep. trafficking blood-sucking beings for profit. Um, Hint? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Changing one letter makes it that other show. Mm. That's a, Anybody? <laughs> no. Buffy the Vampire Slaver. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Could nice. not get it. Monty, here's your first question. A possibly insane vigilante hacker can also turn into a truck. (laughs) A possibly insane vigilante hacker can also turn into a truck. I'm going to have to ask for a hint. The show before transformation is Mr. Robot. Mr. Gobot? Mr. Gobot. <laughs> the non-union Mexican Transformer equivalent. Love that. Sarah oh. D. Bunting. Yeah. Foul mouth kids put bacon and ham in chili, not Scott's parents. <sighs> Foul mouth children. Hint. South Park. Foul-mouthed kids put bacon and ham and chili, oh, not South Scott's Pork. Parents. South Pork. South Pork. <laughs> Tara Ariano. Yep. 
The Iron Throne is claimed by a progressive high school teacher. <laughs> Hint. Game of Thrones. Oh, well, okay. I don't know. Anybody? Gabe of Thrones? Oh. Gabe, God. <laughs> Watch a Kiwi reality show host lose his shit. The Amazing Rage. The Amazing Rage. <laughs> Sarah Bunting. Yeah. Three magic sisters come together and make pop hits. Three magic sisters come together and make pop This question hits. for Sarah D. Uh, Bunting, half the hosting team of Sarah and Mark Talk About Songs. Mark, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Well, yeah. Well, he's the promotion. one who's obsessed with this particular thing, but I still think it's charted. Charm to charted. <laughs> Correct. Tara Ariano. Yep. Fairy tale characters live in a gritty real world setting. No, really. It's coated in dirt. Grime. Grim to grime. Oh. Correct. Monty. <laughs> Behind the scenes of a reality show on which the angel of death brings people back to life. This show is a behind-the-scenes of a reality show on which the angel of death brings people back to life. All right. Well, I feel like the original show has to be unreal. But I can't put it together. I'm going to ask for a hint in case that part is wrong. Unreal. You are correct. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> one letter. Un. Nope. Anybody? No. Unreap. Oh, sure. Unreap. Oh. Sure, sure. Sarah D. Bunting, prospectors, sheriffs, and gunslingers shout at trees but are not heard. <laughs> Deaf wood? <laughs> oh, boo. That's terrible. I will say I added that one into the game. Gladiators, Tara. Gladiators battle in the 49th state. Gnome. Gnome. Rome to gnome. Monty. <laughs> mm -hmm. Three irreverent Brits review equipment for hoofing, shuffling, and flapping. For hoofing, hoofing shuffling, shuffling, and flapping. Flapping. That would be tap gear. Tap gear is correct for two <laughs> points. Sarah D. Bunting. Multiple generations in the Big Apple all pursue different jobs related to selling corn flowers. Multiple generations in the Big Apple. Cornflowers. Hint. Blue Bloods. Blue, okay. Cornflowers. Blue, uh... <laughs> blue... <laughs> shit. Blue Broods. <laughs> Cornflowers are blue flowers. Blue Blooms. Oh, uh, okay. of course. Tara Ariano. Yep. Raymond Burr stars as a jolly bricklayer. Mary Mason. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Perky Mason. Oh, Ooh. yeah, that would work I too. I would have taken that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. All right, bring us into our first score break. Monty, the Beatles' Randy drummer tries to catch Killface. Frisky Ringo. Frisky Ringo. <laughs> 
very exciting game. I have six points. Monty and Sarah are tied with seven each. Ooh, we know what that means, Tara. It's time for the Grossworth Equalizer Challenge for you. Okay. All right. Answer three of these six, 1984 or five, I forget. Trivial Pursuit TV questions, right? And you earn two points. Okay. What show knocked General Hospital from the top of the soap opera ratings in 1984? All My Children. Young and the Restless. Okay. Oh. What show axed Stephen Hill? That's axed, chop. Yep. Stephen Hill. Because his Orthodox Jewish beliefs prevented him from working on Saturdays. Oh, man. <sighs> Is it the Ma- Mission Impossible? Correct. Shit. Wow. Nice pull. Thanks. What primetime doctor engaged in a heated affair with a woman who'd just come out of a 13-year coma? <laughs> <laughs> primetime doctor. Um, Marcus Welby? Then Casey. Okay. Where was Ew. Mork sent as punishment for drawing a mustache on the solar leader? Solar leader. Earth? Correct. Yes. What quarterback turned broadcaster was a frequent guest on Police Story? Um. Gonna need an answer. Merlin Olsen. Incorrect. Don Meredith. You know Don. All right. You gotta I get this one. actually do. Dandy Don. What yes. lightweight talk show features a man of the hour as co-host? Today? What lightweight talk show features today? Yeah. Our magazine. Dang. I'm sorry. You don't get the no points. points for me. Back to the game. Sarah Bunting. Joey Tribbiani takes on Howard Cossell's legendary role as announcer for a game of his favorite kitchen competition. Joey Tribbiani takes on Howard Cosell's legendary role as announcer for a game of his favorite kitchen competition. His favorite kitchen competition. Hint. Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Got a guess? No. Tara? No. Monday night foosball. Oh, of course. Oh. All right. This is question 17. It's pretty good. Or Tara. Mm-hmm. Vigilante sends trolling SMSs in Miami, but only to those that truly deserve it. And Dexter. Texter? Good for one point. <laughs> Monty. A bittersweet comedy about aspiring rappers who work in a orange soda bottling plant. Bittersweet comedy about aspiring rappers who work in an orange soda bottling plant. I would like a hint, please. The show Atlanta. At Fanta? <laughs> oh my god, that was great. For Sarah, sitcom following a multi-generation immigrant family from Italy. Hmm. Multi-generation sitcom? Sitcom following a multi-generation immigrant family from Italy. Uh, fresh off the boot? <laughs> oh. 
Ooh. Sorry, did you get a hint for that? Nope. That no. was two points. Nice. Tara. Yes. Two detectives fight crime and eat a lot of arrows con pollo in Little Havana. Miami Vice. Miami Rice. One point. Monty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sit around the table and gab with five Columbos about the latest news and entertainment stories. Sit around a table and gab with five Columbos about the latest news and entertainment stories. The Falk. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Talk. <laughs> Change that T to an F. Gorgeous. Two points. Sarah D. Bunting, the landscaping staff at Sacred Heart Hospital, gets up to hijinks. The landscaping staff at Sacred Heart Hospital gets up to hijinks. Gets up to hijinks. Yes. Hint. Scrubs. Shrubs. (laughs) Tara. Yep. Good but misguided folk unload airplane containers amid bleak Midwestern landscapes. Oh, cargo. Cargo to cargo. Two points. (laughs) Okay, this is a good one. Monty. Mm -hmm. Nobel Prize writer Mr. Bellow gets excited every day when his housekeeper announces that the mail has arrived. I see... Nobel Prize writer Mr. Bellow gets excited every day when his housekeeper announces that the mail has arrived. I'm going to have to ask for a hint. Show in question, better call Saul. Letter call Saul. Letter call Saul. (laughs) Okay, Sarah... The second in command at a marshmallow chicken factory tries to get the top job and momentarily succeeds. <laughs> at a marshmallow chicken factory. Uh, hint. Okay. Uh, the show in question is Veep. Veep. <laughs> Veep for one point. Tara. Yep. Funny and disturbing exploits of two modern girlfriends in New York City who go from bakery to bakery. Can you repeat that? Funny and disturbing exploits of two modern girlfriends in New York City who go from bakery to bakery. Uh, uh, hint. Broad City. Sh- okay. Um... Bread City? Bread City. <laughs> I'm glad I asked for a hint because I thought it was two broke girls. I was like, yeah, I know. It was like two, two baked girls? girls? No. All right. Here is our last question before our next score break and the end of round one. Ooh, what happens in round two? Stay tuned. But first, Monty, <laughs> impossibly attractive lifeguards protect sea turtles emerging from their eggs. Hmm. Impossibly attractive lifeguards protect sea turtles emerging from their eggs. You don't say. I do say. Indubitably. (laughs) Need a hint? Yes, I do. Baywatch. Yeah, that wasn't really (laughs) a hint. That's the part I had. (laughs) Sea turtles emerging from their shells. (laughs) 
Uh, eggs, sorry. Laywatch. Bayhatch. Oh, that makes more sense. Still so exciting. Monty has 10 points. Sarah and I are tied with 11 points each. All right. That means Monty has a chance. Thanks to the Grossworth Equalizer Challenge. Are you ready, Mr. Ashley? Yes, I am. Get three of these and you get two points and the lead. What affliction forced Dr. Robert Codwell to leave St. Oh, boy. Elegis on St. Elegis. Elgar? How do you say that? Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you get? Uh, polio. Ooh. Mm. AIDS. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Weird. What sitcom claims <laughs> that any object, what sitcom claims that any object can fly when lift plus thrust is greater than load plus drag? <laughs> don't they all claim that yeah. uh, I mean unless they uh, I'm going to say wings oh that's a good guess mm. the answer is AIDS no it's the flying nun the flying nun remember these oh, are old they're yeah. real old I, I, I don't know how long wings has been on it might have gone far <laughs> enough back. it's still on you know what fair never ended <laughs> who did JR compliment with you're just another Ewing possession like an oil lease in the midlands easily disposable uh, let's say Sue Ellen. Here's the first point. <laughs> yeah. What TV rodent was UNICEF's official ambassador in 1961 and 62? <laughs> TV rodent. Huh? TV rodent, yes. Ah. Well, I don't think Mickey Mouse is a TV rodent. So I'm going to say Mighty Mouse. Correct. Hey, well, nice. went away. All right. You need one of these following two questions. What musical cowboy runs the Double R Bar Ranch? Roy Rogers. Correct. All right. Just for shits and giggles. That's two points, right? What's Ted Baxter's favorite salutation on the Mary Tyler Moore Show? Ooh. Greetings. Greetings? Mm. Hi, guys. (laughs) All right. So that means you have two points and are now in the lead. It's true. And now we're on to round two, Sarah D. Bunting. Yeah. Changing it up a little bit. Add yeah. one letter to a title to create the new title. What? Thomas okay. the Tank Engine's mother used to be his father. Thomas the Tank Engine's mother used to be his father. Adding one letter <laughs> to a show gets you this new title. Uh, well, do I still get a hint? Yep. Okay, hint. Transparent. Trains parent. <laughs> Ariano. Yes. Gentlemen in the 60s smoke, drink, and sleep around while they clean houses. Made men. Monty, mm-hmm. a group of veterans travel around the country investigating the disappearance of the fourth musical note in the scale. Oh, Ray, me, fa. All right, so I've got fa so far. I don't have a group of veterans, though, so I need a hint. The A team. (laughs) The FA team. (laughs) Good for one point, Sarah Bunting. Oh, look at Piggy. In this reboot of My So-Called Life, the main character is a vampire. In this reboot of My So-Called... Oh, Angela. Angel to Angela. (laughs) Tara Ariano. Yes. Campy superhero series starring siblings Jason and Justine. 
campy superhero series starring siblings Jason and Justine Bateman. Do it right. Bateman. Correct. Monty. Journalists in Scotland compete to be more defamatory than each other. Journalists in Scotland compete to be more defamatory than each other. I need a hint. Outlander. <laughs> Wait. Outlander. Outslander. Outslander. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Who wrote this this game? Corey Hinderstein or Stein. Corey, you are a maniac. Yeah, this is really fun. <laughs> Sarah Bunting. People who suffer under a Nazi-ruled America wail and cry. Uh, uh, people who suffer uh, under a Nazi-ruled America wail and cry. Wail and cry. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like I know the show is Men in the High Castle, but the Man in the High Castle. But, Steal um, me on- the oh, moan in the high castle? What was it? Moan. The moan Correct in the high moan. castle. Nice. Oh, Monty was so close. Steal me only happens after they answer it incorrectly. And she didn't ask for a she did, plan. She didn't. Yeah, she, she so hadn't she, answered yet. No, so. she got two points. I, I thought she was, and I wanted to rush out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she said man, and I thought she was starting a wrong guess. So I, I rushed in there. Uh, to me. Yes. Yes. Chicago trauma docs make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Air. Air. E-R-R. Yeah, E-R-R. <laughs> Monty, an astronaut, goes through a wormhole and finds himself on a living spaceship where things can be silent but deadly. You mean in the fartscape? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed I do. It does stinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What have, what have you start? Sarah, an adorable woman, pines after Speaker Gingrich. Ew, why? I'm glad Picky at least spared Tara, newt girl. Two points, Tara. Yep. Gordon Ramsay hosts this body mod competition on PBS. Oh, God. Could literally be anything. Hint. Masterpiece. Master Pierce. Nice. Last question of round two. Monty, unloved mm-hmm. kids living on the streets sew their way through a fashion design competition. On Project Runaway. Project Runaway is correct. Score break, please, to our Ariana. Oh, my God. You guys, we're all tied. Whoa. We're all tied right. with 13 each. Well, then let's get right to round three. 13. 18. I'm sorry, 18, 18. Sorry. Okay, it is time for round three in which you will subtract one letter to create the new show. All right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sarah D. Bunting. Chemistry teacher accused of running a red light insists he is the one who stops. (laughs) Breaking bad with no E. <laughs> that is good for two points. Okay. Putting Sarah That's two good. points ahead of everybody else. Correct. Tara Ariano. Yep. 
short miniseries that follows Jack Bauer again, trying to save the world while his daughter watches two episodes of 60 Minutes. (laughs) Oh, no. Short miniseries. Yeah, 24 Lie Another Day. Can I do a... I can't remember can what, they, what no, it was you, called. You weren't thinking you overthought I would like that to, one by a mile. I would like to okay. steal mail, please. Okay, Monty wants to steal mail. Please? Okay, Monty. Short miniseries that follows Jack Bauer again, trying to save the world while his daughter watches two episodes of 60 Minutes. Two. <laughs> I did overthink it. That Good job, That is correct. Monty. All right. So uh, <laughs> that is two points for Monty. And it's Monty's turn. Couples get to view three options for garden watering equipment before eventually buying the one the wife wants. That would be hose hunters. That would be hose hunters. (laughs) And that, my friend, is how you use the steel meal. Valued guests. I got some uh, extra questions that were uh, for the uh, possible super ties. Okay. So do you want to play those for shits and giggles? Yeah. And two points. (laughs) Each episode focuses on a small... These are all minus a letter. Each episode focuses on a small annoyance of home ownership and the twins who try to solve them. Property bothers. Property bothers. (laughs) I'm going to give you two day points for each of the twins. (laughs) Nice. Amusement park for adults to have sex with waterproof robots. Wet world. Wet world. Ew. Good for another two day points. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We grabbed our go bags and went off the grid to discuss the CBS surveillance reality show Hunted before the blotter presented Beware the Slender Man and The Witness. We then went around the dial with stops at Throwing Shade, Face Off, Law and Order, and French Wine. Monty made the successful case for home movies Bye Bye Grease, induction into the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week. And Monty, playing for the value guests, was a winner of this week's game time. Remember, we're listening. I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariana, I am Kiwi, Sarah D. Bunting, my time on the run is over, and Monty Ashley. I already don't go outside, so this should be pretty easy, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Creep. My name is Walter. And my name is Terry. <laughs> and we're auditioning for Bye Bye Greasy. No. Ready? Stop. That was good. This has been a production of the Previously.tv podcast network.